What's up, Book Circle Online? Today, I have D. Rand Anderson Hooper, author of Colorful Confessions. We're going to be talking about heartache, heartbreak, and happiness, everything in between. Stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hello, hello, welcome. This is Book Circle Online. I am your host, Tyler Simone, and today I have a very special guest with me here. I have Deran Anderson Hooper, author of Colorful Confessions. It's a Headache and Heartbreak, and we're going to move on over to Healing and Happiness. Hello, Deran. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm I love so the good. applause. Right? These are awesome. The crowd goes wild. Yes. Yes. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm really excited. It's so crazy because um, tomorrow will be exactly one year since I signed my contract with the publisher. Wow. Exactly one year tomorrow. I signed my contract December 13th, 2018 to wow. publish the book. What are you going to do to celebrate? Um, I don't know. I'm going to a <laughs> holiday party tomorrow, so I may just turn up. Nice. Yeah. You have to. This is an amazing accomplishment. Tell me a little bit about the book. Why did you write the book? Um, I wrote the book, quite honestly, because... Um, as I was doing the show at Revenge Body, um, I just uncovered so much. And I didn't really realize that poetry was kind of my creative outlet um, and how much people need that. And mm-hmm. so um, I really wanted to create this book to really show people um, that there's more than just, when you talk about fitness, that fitness really goes across the board. And it's really about mental fitness. It's about emotional fitness. And that's really what the book is about, goes into that journey. Because that's really what helped me help, uh, when the weight started to come off, is when my ment- my mentality changed. Yes. So let's touch on that just a little bit. Uh, you were on Revenge mm-hmm. Body with Khloe yeah. Kardashian. Yes, yes, yes. That's wild. How was that? I mean, you must have went through a bunch of change, obviously, like you said, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And you're in a whole new headspace. Yes, yeah, it's very, um, going on the show, because um, I'm in the entertainment space, like we all are, and Mm -hmm. so when I got the uh, information, it was like, oh, this would be cool, you like, go on, lose some weight, (laughs) on television, get a little cloud, it's fine, like, this would be fun, until you get on there and realize reality (laughs) television is real, as heck. Yeah, and you are exposing yourself on national television, you know. Um, so it was. It became very hard to really face the truth of just so much and really find the context of the way. It was really hard. Really yeah. Hard. So we have a clip of you in the oh, car. Yeah. You were getting yeah. emotional, which yeah. I love to see. Very honest. Let's yeah. take a, a little quick look. Okay. Oh, this, this is hard. Then I'm by myself. I'm doing this by myself. And I have to get my own stuff together. The producers tell me that Chloe wants to talk to me about the vlogs and the breakdown. And I'm like, oh, it's about to be one of those days. It's about to be one of those days. All right. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing, and I'm doing the processes. It's, it's a little rough, but it's yeah. moving. This is just, it's challenging me deeper mm-hmm. than what I thought. I was like, oh, this is a this, Car- this is a Kardashian show. So this should be kind of fun and sip mimosas. And this would be kind of like, you know. That's what we do here is sip yeah, mimosas, no. people. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, okay. And then the process started. And I was like, holy 
oh, this is like real. I didn't really realize how much baggage I was holding. I know my personal experience, it was so much more emotional than I thought it was going to be because yeah. you have like, yeah, you're shedding weight, but you're shedding emotional baggage. Like yeah. you said, and you have to come to terms with certain things and address certain things. Mm -hmm. I didn't have like really like strong nurturing parents. Heavy clip. And, yeah. You know, it's so crazy. You can obviously see the difference in, in you and your energy and obviously in your face. Yes, I lost it's, a lot of weight in my face. I yeah, my, you I did. I my face. Yes. Very. So I can't get away with gaining yeah. weight, honestly, because <laughs> it's like my cheeks will blow up like a chipmunk. You look great. Thank you. You really do. Um, when you were in the process of of this on Revenge Body, mm -hmm. did you know that you were going to be releasing a book, or did that come after? I did not. So uh, a lot of people don't know this. Is I am a student and lover of business. I have my bachelor's degree in business. I have, my, I have a certification in marketing, a certification in business etiquette, and I'm finishing up my master's in business administration. So once mm. the show got done taping, there is... There was a six-month uh, window just for everybody after that say, I want to see him keep the weight <laughs> off. I kept it off for six months before y'all saw. Yes, you did. Um, but I started to think from a business element because this is called show business. And so what will be the next thing to kind of help and what should I do and what kind of which what well, what I have right now, what can I get to? And I always try to tell people that, that you have everything you need already. And so I was like, what did I have right now to kind of help me move forward past that? And it was kind of my story. So I was like, let me go more into my story. Yes. And so then that's when I pitched it to a publisher. Nice. And yeah. here it is right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got really c candid about your past um, growing up as a kid in yes. Detroit. Yes, yes. Um, and the lack of love that yeah. you had. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you realize that there was a lack of love? Did it take you a long time or did you know in that space that you, you weren't getting what you needed? Ooh, come on oh, with it. Come on, yeah. You know, oh, that's a very hard thing. I think exposure brings influence. Mm -hmm. um, and so the more I was exposed uh, culturally, because I joined the United States uh, Navy, uh, so the more I was exposed to different cultures and had, had to get moved out here to California and met other people who were not like me uh, and didn't grow up like me, started to make me understand that maybe something I didn't get everything I needed. Maybe something was a little different. Uh, but if you are around it all the time, it becomes normalized. Right. You know, uh, Jennifer, I think her name is from Blackish, is Jennifer Williams, I think. Uh, Ooh, mother I of Black think Hollywood. So. Yes, yes, yes. And so she says, if you sit and shit long enough, it's you stop smelling it. And that's the truth. <laughs> that is very true. You know, that's the truth. And yes. so once I got out of that uh, environment of um, of just, and it's not like everybody was just harsh, but just you don't, the type of love that was there was just not enough for me. Mm -hmm. As I was able to see other families and see other people operating here, their stories, I was like, oh, okay, maybe something was a little different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to know about your grandmothers because mm -hmm. you sprinkle their quotes throughout the book. Mm -hmm. I know they're very important to you. Why was it important for you to quote them and to really you know, show us that they meant a lot to you here. Um, shout out to the grandmas hey, and the granddaddies. My, grandba my granddad passed away when I was in eighth grade. He was like the most awesome person ever. Um, 
the, they played a very significant role in my life because they were kind of my outlet. You know, as you get older, as a person gets older, you get a lot more wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I've always been a wisdom-driven person and love uh, being around older people. And so, I, every time they said something, I clinged on to it. And it was just like, whether it was a quote like my grandmother, I think one, one of the book says, a heap see, but a mighty few know. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I was always be like, what does that mean? Grandma, <laughs> what does that mean? And what it really means is a lot a lot of people uh, see what's happening, but only so few really know the actual details of what really happened. Yes. And so little stuff like that always stuck with me. Uh, uh, another one was God uh, God bless the mother, God bless the daddy, but God bless the child that has his own. That's actually from Billie Holiday, but my grandparents told me that. And what that really means is, uh, though your mama can have it, and your daddy can have it, and your friends and all that stuff, but you're going to be blessed only if you got it. You can't count on nobody else's blessings. And yes. so I always remember stuff like that. And that's what helped me get through the hard times or times where I felt like I was uh, had some type of neglect, you know, or whatever. Those quotes really stuck with me. Yes. Mm-hmm. They stuck with me, too. Yeah. They were uh, uh, ones that I needed to write down. But now that I have my own copy, yeah. I cannot <laughs> highlight. I like that, my own copy. <laughs> In the book, you also talked a lot about uh, a war and it usually being between two parties. But oh, this, the poem, the poem yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you were having a war going on with yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm to look it up. Yeah. In a few different ways, which yes. I found so interesting. And you're not the only one. Uh, we're we're all young trying to figure life out. And sometimes we're battling with ourselves yes yes Yes. and so it's very i want to read some of it is that okay Mm -hmm. okay so the poem is called a war at home a war is a very big distorted version of a discrepancy or argument in my opinion it's basically where two parties disagree and are trying to prove their point of strength in war they teach you there are only two sides you or them this side or that side allies or enemies If you're smart, you will have allies in a war, because history has shown that no war is won alone. But having allies comes at a price. There will be disagreements and arguments among the allies about various things, from how to handle situations that arise to should what we be fighting this war for in the first place. But when an ally brings the conflict from out the war room, boardroom, or even bedroom onto the battlefield amongst the enemies, they have caused several things to happen. They cause an internal fight while also fighting externally against the enemy, which obviously leads to distractions from the main mission, leaving your side vulnerable in the midst of battle. Also, they have now given the enemy more ammunition to fight with work with, and battle with, causing an unfair advantage because of this distraction. This would then put them into the category worse than an enemy. I would call this treason and them traitors, which for the record is the action of betraying someone or something. The reason why this is looked down upon is because the person you once broke bread with, the person you told all your secrets to, and the person you shared most your innermost thoughts with is now the person who has caused you to lose the battle. So you no longer trust them. You can't fight side by side with someone you can't trust. So then, what do you do with them? You can't have them in your camp because you can't trust them. But on the other hand, you can't kick them out of your camp because they know too much. So, what do you do? What, op- what options do you have? What choices do they leave you with? 
kill them, imprison them, enslave them? What do you do? I really want to know. That's why I'm asking. What should I do? <laughs> That's what I'm asking, too. <laughs> uh, what do we do with them? Is the question. Have you figured it out? Um, I think uh, this is a, actually... A, a, I wrote that because... I'm very big about loyalty. I'm very, very big about loyalty. And this was one of the things about, uh, this played a a two-part fold. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, I felt like, uh, had become disloyal. As well as moving through life, I realized I was actually being disloyal to myself. Mm. You know? And so, um, it's kind of at the end, it's like, what do you do in this situation? And the truth is... I still don't know. I mean, that's one of the points. <laughs> yeah, you know, some yeah. poems had an answer at the end and some didn't. It's like, I'm still on 27, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's, I think, something that we all are struggling with, um, especially millennials uh, in this day and age, when we have access to social media yeah. and we have access to uh, kind of the world at our fingertips. It's like, okay, what happens once we meet people who are not necessarily for us and they don't even realize it or you start to become... Uh, so detached from yourself into the world that you become your own traitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love that you ended it that way because usually when people write books, it's it's like a very no, like a matter of fact, you know, yeah. like they figured this out, but you yeah. kind of just showed us that you're still learning, yes. figuring it out. So yes. I love that. Yes. As a lot of the, a lot of the, the book is to kind of, the reason I wanted to use poetry is I wanted, uh, Jesus used parables in the back of the day to explain certain things. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get people in the mindset and kind of in the feeling of where I was at or am at, whatever those stages are. Because I do think the the thing about this is that this is repetitive. It's not like once you get to happiness, you stay happy forever. <laughs> yes. Like that's not how it works, right? It's no. a very it's a it's a continuous cycle. Headache, heartbreak, healing, happiness. Headache, heartbreak, healing, happiness. And I think every situation, every emotion that is had uh, in the human in, in the human's lifetime can fit in one of those four categories. Right. And so that's why it was broken up like that to kind of get people in that mindset. And then there's actionable steps at, after each uh, chapter. Yes, happy that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. I love those the exercises. That um, we can try at the end of every chapter. Yes. Why was it important for you to include those? Um, because I am the king of actionable steps. I do a lot of uh, a, a business development um, and business etiquette consulting. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person to where it's great to give me information, but we're in the information stage. Everybody has it, right? Yeah. That's like the thing I have issues with with podcasts is that to go out and talk and this is the problem and this and that and this and that. Okay, I can Google that, right? right? What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) That's that's the thing I think uh, that's missing a lot in entertainment or missing a lot in personal growth and personal development. And so because of that, I really wanted to make sure I added value to a person reading this. That after I've gotten you in this mindset, I kind of captured your attention and kind of brought those feelings up after you've read it. Mm -hmm. uh, How to now deal with it to move forward. Yes. And we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Um, How hard was it for you to write about heartbreak and betrayal uh, and sadness? Was it hard to sit in that and write it down? Yeah, it was hard because um, 
what was happening is I was writing this, even though I sold the idea after the filming kind of finished, mm-hmm. um, I was in the process of writing these poetry uh, poetry entries uh, during some of it during filming because mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of my coping mechanism to get through. So it was hard because after you've been through filming and been through all of this, then... Um, then you kind of have to relive it all over again. They're, writing a book is so, uh, it, it can either be therapeutic or crazy. Yeah. You know, because you're kind of going through it again. So I went through it uh, doing, doing a show and I during, uh, went through it again during a book. And so it was hard. Some of the stuff was really hard. And I, what I did was I prayed and um, what ended up really happening is it was supposed to be just a book of poetry. That was the original concept okay. I sold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we sent it to a focus group, they liked it but couldn't understand. Like, I couldn't, we didn't get what we wanted to get out of them. And so uh, the publisher came back and says, I think you need to add personal stories in here to kind of put people in the frame of reference so they can have ideas. Um, and then maybe how to get, a, and then I added how to get to the next thing. The mm-hmm. next stage. Yeah. And so once I sat down and started doing the stories, that is really when the emotion came over. Because a lot of people move so fast that we try to move over our emotion. And to kind of sit in it mm-hmm. and have to relive it and remember every memory and every word and the action. You kind of got to close your eyes and run right through it back. Kind of put your mind back in it. It's almost like you were. I was in a sunken place. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that it's hard to to relive everything that you've already been through. That was hard to begin with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Your dad. Uh, yes. You talked a lot about your dad in the book, mm-hmm. and he even made a little appearance on the show. Yes. Um, how was that? Um, in both instances, or or in the book, or in the show. Uh, let's talk about the book. Okay. Um, because uh, writing show- about your dad. Okay, so and uh, uh, writing about my father was much easier because I had just been through the show. I was going through the show. That's why I was asking that. Okay. Uh, because on the show, he, it, it didn't end some, it wasn't some fairy tale ending to where he was like, I love you and we're okay. And it was just your perception. It was like, no, that's reality. I really didn't. And he walked away and you know, it is what it is. And so because I had to kind of get up the courage and kind of pull myself up on my own bootstraps uh, and kind of face reality, writing about the dynamic ended up being much easier for that okay. because it was just reality. It wasn't something that I was like hoping for. A lot of people get scared or, or feel some type of negative emotion because they still have a, a hope or, or a dream that was kind of gone once the reality of it was this. It was like, okay. Yes. So yeah, so it was it was very uh interesting at first, but after I wrote about it, as long as I try to stay as truthful and honest to my version because I always tell everybody this is uh my version on situations. Um, I can only speak from my version of life. And some of the stories, I was a kid. So that might not have been actual reality. Like one of the things about uh, in the book where my dad pushed me in the pool. Yes. Uh, to kind of make me want to swim. And his mind, I had floaties on. And in his mind, he probably was like, I'm about to just teach him or show him it's not that bad of a idea. That from a st- from a, a, my adult mind, I can, see, I can justify it. I would not do it. Mm-hmm. But from a kid, that is catastrophic. Oh, my God. It was like, how could my daddy do? I felt like I was about to drown. <sighs> yeah. It really it really affected me so much. I didn't swim for until I was in the 12th grade until I got into and had to take a swim class. And so it, it's really about this my perception through these type of situations. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Honestly, I'd be traumatized. Yeah. I'm very afraid of, of deep water, for sure. Um, you mentioned uh, realizing that you have to let go of everything or change everything in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. Was there a specific turning point that caused you to realize this, or did you just kind of realize it over time? Um, The moment I confronted my father and he walked away. That was the moment, uh, and and you can replace him with anything. The moment you really face your demon, a lot of times we run through life like this and try to like move away from our demons or move away from that black dark place that we don't like to go, uh, because in society we're taught that you should only have great thoughts and you should only be a good person and you should only be blah blah blah. And if that was the case, why do we have negative thoughts? Why do I wake up in the morning I'm like I should kill this person? He get on my nerves or she get on my nerves? <laughs> yeah. Like that's not true. We try to preach this utopia thing. Yeah. And so because of that, we try to move away from negative thoughts and negative feelings and negative uh, uh, um, uh, situations and I think that causes a lot of anxiety of just moving away from it so the moment I actually had to face it which because of the show it made me face it mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't as catastrophic as I really thought it would would have been and so that was kind of my turning point do you have you watched the full episode back Yes, I did because I went to watch, uh, they had a premiere party. Okay. And so I watched it at that time and it's so funny because that was literally six months after it taped Mm -hmm. and I watched it and cried like a baby. (laughs) I can picture that happening. I feel so bad for him. (laughs) He is so, oh my God. And I was like, Lord, and everybody was like hugging me and I was like, it's okay. I don't know who he is. You were just a bad. I really was. I was, I was a hot mess. I was a really hot mess because it's still, um, it's still uh, real, raw emotions. So it's yes. still tapped to a place. Uh, I think anybody who has been through some type of trauma or been through something at all, has any type of uh, friction in their life, can relate to the situation at hand. Because once the show came out, which really also was a confirmation for me to do the book, I really, so many people reached out to me. It was like crazy. Yes. Take your number off Instagram if you have it. <laughs> Let me tell I really had it because in entertainment, as you know, you're supposed to have your contact information out there, right? So I keep my email address. Now I got a new business number because I don't have my personal number. And uh, because so many people kept was calling me, asking me for advice. Like I was a therapist. Like, what should I do? I'm in a situation. And what I realized is all of it, a very few of it had to do with sexuality. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was I'm having an issue with my parents because of this. I'm having an issue with church, um, with my religion because of this. And so you can really plug and play anything and and it comes to the essence of just how to deal with situations and how to move forward. Preach. Um, How is that now, though, getting asked questions that you might know the answer to now, but back then you you didn't know? Mm-hmm. And are you still getting questions that you don't know the answer to? So I'm the type of person, I'll tell the truth. I'll say okay. if I don't know. Like how when you ask me about the poem, I could lie. I'm like, well, you know, let me sound real philosophical <laughs> and make up some mess. Yeah. Uh, but I, if I don't know, I don't know because I think that devalues a person's credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you actually gain more credibility by just saying that you don't know. Uh, but I'll find out. And that's usually what happens. If somebody emails me or they're like, my son, I get a lot of questions about teenagers and young people from parents. Like, my son is kind of, I'm thinking, or he's having an issue, or blah, 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 or she's having an issue. And I'll give my opinion because I do study non-linguistic programs. So I do study life coaching. I do study uh, things like that. And a lot of things that I think people don't realize is business concepts can be applied to life. So I do try to speak from that type of essence and what I've learned in the military training and all that stuff. But if I don't know, I just don't know. You I just, just don't, don't know. know. And, I, and I'll tell somebody that in a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. You just say you don't know yeah. and move on. Yeah, because I mean, you can, I can only, I know what I know and I yeah. don't know what I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to touch a little bit on, on your sexuality and sure. how that ties into or at some point was a little bit confusing when it came to your religion mm-hmm. and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And where are you with that now? Because okay. I know you struggled with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Not a little bit, a lot of a it. Lo- it was a lot of a, it. A little lot of it. Yeah. A little lot of it. <laughs> um, so the first part was about sexuality. Yes. Be, okay. So um, I... There's a term that's very because uh, I, I I host a show uh, at YouTube Studios uh, um, called Lipstick Television, which is for the LGBT community. Yeah. And they hired me on to be a host, and I learned of a term called pansexual. Mm-hmm. So I used to always say bisexual, bisexual, you know, bisexual or sexually fluid. I always use that that terminology, uh, but I, mo- I'm more so pansexual. As of today. And I do believe, my personal opinion is that uh, sexuality is an ever-growing evolution. Uh, I think just because you are something or you identify as something in one uh, stage of your life does not mean that that's how you'll be forever. And you you shouldn't have to be categorized like that forever. If our taste buds change every seven years, why do we think that's the only thing on our body that changes, you Mm know? Um, So our sexual appetite, I think, uh, can evolve and change as well, depending on our culture and depending on what we allow to be influenced we be influenced by yeah and so i'm pansexual and that basically means that i'm attracted to males females trans men and trans women i'm very open it's not necessarily the body part it's more so the energy that i'm exchanging with that person okay Mm -hmm. and with uh your faith Mm -hmm. are you um a little bit more religious than you were are you where are you with that and how is it with your sexuality because i know you were kind of struggling with I guess not sexuality in terms of, you know, what you identify as, mm-hmm. but sex, like literal sex yes. and like wanting to have sex, wanting to party. Yeah. But then, you know, God apparently doesn't like that. So they say, yeah. I don't, I, hey. Right. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a poem called Me Versus Me that you're yes, referring yes, to. Yes, yes, yes. And I said, uh, I think the line is. Uh, a part of me yearns for holiness, and the other part yearns for hoishness. Yes. yes, that's the part. Yeah, that yeah. one stuck out to me. Yes, yes, because sometimes I'll be like, I'm gonna be good, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And then at night I'll be like, let's turn <laughs> up and party, it's all and popping. Let's go home. You and, gotta have both. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, I think it is so funny because um, in the Bible, and I am about to butcher who this is because I get them confused. I get James and Paul and Peter confused so bad. But I I think it's James. Okay. Please don't kill me if I'm wrong because religious people will come for your head. Woo! Uh, That says, uh, I I, I wake up and I say I'm not going to do it, but but, uh, my flesh is weak and I end up doing it anyways or something like that. Okay. And so this is not a new thing uh, for mankind. And so what I try to do is give myself breathing room. That's really what I do. Is is um, If I do have the urge to go out and have fun and party, because what I don't want to be is some 50-year-old <laughs> wishing and wish, woulda, coulda, shoulda right. in my 20s because I was so hard on myself. So I don't do that. So what I try to do is just give myself breathing room. Like, I'm going to go out and have fun. I'm going to go out and party. I'm going to go out and have a good time. Yes. Well, but I'm going to have a line. I'm not going to do no cocaine. I'm not going to be popping molly. Smoking weed, like that's just not you know. Yeah. So I try to have uh, fun to where the point where I feel like I didn't lose my salvation. 
You know, I it, see. I, so that's that's kind of my balance. Okay. Now everybody's line is a little different because they may think as far as I go, they'd be like, "Oh boy, you're going to hell." Like, I don't know what you're talking about. But for me, it's like this is my line. I'm not gonna go over this part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just got to figure that out for, for yourself. Because work out your own, uh, work out your salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's another scripture quote. Okay, we getting all kind of quotes today. I know, I'm the king of them. I just have them all day long. King of quotes. This book is full of quotes, and I love them. Uh, why do you think this book is maybe important for young people to read at this stage in our lives? I think it's really, really important, not only for young people, but I think uh, uh, it's really important for anybody to read. I sent out a newsletter. I have a newsletter that I send out um, every month or every other month. And I told people that we are going into 2020. And that's like a decade shift. Yes. Um, and if you, if the Lord allows you to still be alive to see 2020, you are super blessed because think of 2020 vision. Think of clarity. This could be your best year yet. And I, in the newsletter I sent this morning, I had told them, I said, let the next 10 years be better than the past 10 years. The things that you've been through in the past 10 years, you don't have to take with you in the next 10 years. This is right. a very clean slate. You can cut it. You could just like, I'm about to just cut it. I'm about to chase my dreams, whatever, whatever. Yes. And so I think in the times that we are in, we are having this kind of like mental shift about religion. We're having this mental shift about sexuality. We're having this mental shift about race. We're having this mental shift about uh, gender. We're having this mental shift about workplace etiquette. We're having this mental shift about working because nowadays for one can really don't exist. A lot of people are 1099. You know, a lot of us are independent contractors and stuff now. Yeah. So with this whole uh, kind of shift and dynamic in the world, sometimes you can kind of get lost in all that noise and where to fit at and where to go and what does all this mean. And you trying to just shove it down, you mm-hmm. know? And so I do think that if a person reads this book, it will really help them to be able to uh, name what they're going through. That was the purpose of it. It was so if you can name it, you can claim it. If you can claim it, you can tame it. So gotcha. if you're reading, let's say, Misery, or you're reading uh, Alone, or you're reading all these types of poems, and it really resonates with you, now you've just named what the emotion is that you've been going through. A lot of times we can't solve it, and we can't uh, tame it because we cannot name it. Right. And so the, the I was hoping that if a person read the poem, um, or the story, and it really resonated with them, and it took you kind of in that space uh, for whatever it is for you. Um, then that is kind of where the money is. That's what you need to solve. Then you maybe are you might be alone. You may be going through some misery. You may be going through whatever, and that was the purpose of it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said earlier in our conversation, you said that you know you're not always in a good place. You know, mentally, you're not always no. happy. I was um, just pissed off yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it switches just mm. just like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, there's a difference between when I when I talk about um, happiness in the book. I'm uh, at the end uh, is an actionable step. I'm really talking about kind of uh, internal happiness, yes. uh, kind of uh, a land of prosperity and within yourself is something that that can never be taken away from you. Um, but there is a there is a uh, like kind of your natural day to day happiness. Like some some seasons is a great time for you. Sometimes it's not. And I think that those two things. Um, don't necessarily have to coincide. You can be happy as a person. Like, I'm happy with who I am and where I'm at in life. I'm, I really am happy. But I do go through these cycles in, uh, outside of that, just yes. whatever's happening. And what would be your favorite exercise, maybe that you do every day when you kind of are feeling down? Um, a quick something that you can do in the moment to just switch that vibration. Um, I am the type of person who always... 
thinks of the other side. So what I what I here's what I try to do if there's a situation that comes as I let's say if me and you get into an altercation. Mm-hmm. Um I will feel every emotion. I am a cancer, so I love to feel every single emotion there is. I'm very emotionally intuitive. So I will play music. Music is energy. Music is energy, so please remember that. Whatever mood you want to be in or come out of, play the music that coincides with that. So I play the music that allows me to feel it. So if I'm really sad, I'll play a lot of sad music and just cry and really dive into the emotion. Because the faster and the harder you can dive into it, the faster and the harder you can come out of it. Mm. The reason why people stay in depression and stay things for so long as they're trying to fight it and you're spending so much time just fighting it versus just dive in that thing see how far you go i mean you're not gonna die and if you do then it was your time right just just dive in it as hard as you can and then after you get to the bottom you realize the bottom really ain't as bad as you think and then you can come on up out of it right. and so um what the re- that's why i try to think of my d- dive deep into my side and then i'll take the, the stance and think about the other person's side Gotcha. Let's say, how was this perceived? Let's go on. Am I being mean? Was I being a, a bitch? Was I not being nice to this person? Or was, was there, and I try to really hone in and see it from their perception and see what's happening. And then usually between those two, there's a happy middle ground. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's what you do. In, in the book, you mention uh, manifesting quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And that's a big big thing for you right mm-hmm. in your, manifestation yeah yes. manifestation mm-hmm. who would you say is an inspiration for you when it comes to stuff like that i love oprah obviously Ta-da. one of the best Ta-da. duh Ta-da. <laughs> um outside of oprah because honestly she is my number one i know that's so cliche yeah. uh love you girl um <laughs> who is my for man for kind of that type of uh vibration uh yeah. vibrational frequency i'm about to say her and I would love to be coached by this person, but I would never go on her show because it's so raw. Iyanla Van Zandt. Woo! That is a raw one. I can agree with that. I would love for her to be my counselor and whip me in a shape, not on camera. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I was just like, because she gets you all the way together. together. But she is the type of person I love hearing what she says. I love T.D. Jakes. Of course, I also love T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something about Iyanla that she gets into the spiritual element of it. You could think you're doing big and bad and whatever you're doing. And she like, you hurting. <laughs> you hurting. And you're like, I ain't hurting. I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. Yes. You hurting. You yes, are. I am. Yes. Okay, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's I like I like Iyanla. I think I like how she just cuts right into it. Uh, but not in a way to where you feel like, um, damn. It's just like, damn. Yes. You know? Yes. And so that's why she's be the person who I really love and I really admire. I actually really like her as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of wanted to touch on something sure. that I loved in the book, page 91 to be exact. Ooh, okay, let's see what 91 is. If you ask me, I'd be like, what? What's that? What's that? What's page 91? Let's get to it. Okay, 91. 91. Oh, the breakup letter. The breakup letter. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, okay. So this is my question. When yes. I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, is this something that you wrote that you just, you came across and decided I'm going to put this in the book? Or was this something you, you know, wrote while you were writing the book? 
All the poems, I will say this, all of the poems were written in the moment. Okay. The Because they were not written as poems. It was just me trying to get my words out. Because as a cancer, I'm, I am a true to true cancer, it's hard for us to express ourselves. And so we'd be like, it's fine. Everything cool. But in the inside, you'd be like, I'm about to fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yes. so we're, we're going our shells. And, but it was literally tearing me up in the inside. And so I had to get it out. And a lot of things, why people have hard times, uh, and have anxiety and have uh, depression is because too much is up here. Mm-hmm. Too, you're keeping too much in here, so you have to just get it out. Whether that's therapy or, in my case, I would just write, I would just type it in my phone. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And I literally would just type it in my phone. It didn't start off to do poetry. It was really just to write it out yeah. uh, and get it out of my head because it was just too much in my head. Um, or speak it in your phone or whatever. And so that's when I also did this as well. So all of them were do, were in the moment. The only thing that was not in the moment was the introduction chapters. And that was because I had to replay them in my mind about what, how did this, how does right. this play into this? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, but this, this, this is this a big one. This was a real letter. I mean, I felt like I was writing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the background story to this, to this, to this uh, thing. Honestly, it does apply to the reason why it's in this chapter of uh, healing. Yeah, is because it does apply to kind of breaking up with the old you. Yeah. Who you were. You have to just kind of like, this is what it is. I got to cut it. Um, However, this was not written in that type of context at first. How first, it was really a real breakup letter to somebody. My first love, who I thought I was in love with this girl. And I just... Nose wide open. That's old saying. (laughs) Nose wide open. Yes. And um, I... It was almost becoming so detrimental to me to do it. And so that's why I had to just like get it out of my and and like we have to separate and break up uh, with each other but after I did it and I started doing the book and I actually started going back started looking at poetries that that I did and I remember the space I was in it actually felt the same way once I lost the weight and so that's why I picked the poem because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of poems I didn't choose to be in here but I picked it because I actually felt the same exact way to breaking up with yourself interesting that's Mm -hmm. good to know I didn't I didn't get that Mm -hmm. what did you take from it how would you take away from it I just, I mean, I assumed that it was a letter that you had written in the past that you yes. found and thought it would make for a great entry into yes. the book. Uh-huh. That's just, that's all I thought. But yeah. I thought it was really honest and it sounded like a breakup letter I've written. <laughs> 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 but the difference is I just wrote it and kind of kept it for myself for, mem- you know, memories about how I was feeling. But you put it in the book. I did. And I actually told the person. Uh, you did. I, yeah, I told everybody who's in the book majority majority um that uh something was in the book either about them they were mentioned in the book or whether it was my aunt or whomever uh because i just had a respect okay. even though i didn't name names or something like that but i didn't want them to read the book and be like not it mother sucker <laughs> and i just talked to you yesterday and yeah. you could tell me so i i wanted to make sure people knew that gotcha that was mm-hmm. a smart move <laughs> save them relationships yeah save them colorful confessions why that title um because if you look at the cover really the cover is very symbolic i don't want to bore you with all of the sim uh what is it called symbolisms symbolism i think that's it okay, okay, okay. Yes. um but uh i think when me being an african-american male mm-hmm. and me being a male 
in general. People have a certain perception on how you should move through life. Um, and then you add me being having bubbly energy on top of that. People really just think you ain't got nothing wrong. You light skin. You you fine. You you yeah. know what I mean. You, you good looking. Mm-hmm. You, you cool. And so and uh, and I live my life in such a colorful way and just such a big. You look on my Instagram and just scroll through. It's just really just colors, colors, yes. colors. I just love them. But that doesn't mean that there's not headache and heartbreak in that. Uh, I think a lot of people get that confused when people smile and cheese to people that uh, uh, in front of people that they think that there's no. Uh, trauma um, going on in the inside. And so that's why we chose uh, Colorful Confessions. And that's it. why we had like uh, the color oozing out of the guy's eyes at the top. Yeah, he's like yeah. oozing out of the eyes and stuff like that to kind of show that it's kind of pouring out because it will pour out, uh, pour out of your soul um, one way or another, either healthy or unhealthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. It's very catchy. For sure. Yeah. What's next for you? Do you want to write another book? Are you going to go on and talk on panels, what do you want to do? Um, my all-time goal, and I just started talking about this in public, honestly, just actually recently, is that I want to have my own talk show one day. I really would love that. Yes. I really would love you that. You would do amazing at that. Yay! You would do amazing at that. Thank you. I can see it now. Um, but what's actually what's next in the in the in the kind of short term is I have a podcast coming out, um, called The Perspective, and so it's kind of to help people kind of change their perspective and shift uh on what they're going through and. and each podcast, I think, is no more than like 20 minutes. So it's really good car rides or you can listen to in the morning to kind of like ding and kind of wake your brain up and kind of and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And the best part about the podcast is me and a friend of mine, uh, her name is Nikki Smalls, and she uh, she is a... Um, has a certain degree in psychology mm-hmm. as well as she's a business owner. And so we really dive into like business and, 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 and the human psyche and all these type of things. And we get actual tangible resources from psychology today and all these things to really add value versus just talking. Cause I think a lot of times in the podcast world, people just do it cause they want to hear themselves talk yeah. instead of adding value. And so we really try to pick uh, things that we think will add value as well as after you listen to the show, we have a resource guide for mm-hmm. each episode. Yeah. And so like one of them, we talk about transitioning. If you're in a transition, period we pull the article from psychology today we discuss it we dissect it we give our thoughts all this stuff that after the podcast goes off if you're really going through these things we have a resource guide that you could just go online and they're all free uh and download or print off and actually go through the resource guide to help you go through a transition to kind of give you some actionable steps to go through and so we really wanted to add value to the podcasting market versus just having just another podcast out there right so that's the kind of the the kind of the next thing that's in the short term that I'm I'm working on long term (laughs) I want to actually do more reality television wow and you don't hear that that often yeah if you do it the right way I feel like that's the goal yes now I wouldn't be up there like slinging dishes well not unless you ain't mad on the right day (laughs) Uh, just saying, but um, I would like to because it really pushed me. It, I really enjoyed it from um, uh, having to get out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. and I'm always that type of person to try to challenge and push myself. So that's kind of what I would really like to do, kind of in the interim between the the between now the podcast and my own daytime talk shows. I would like to do more reality television, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know and some what? hosting and stuff like that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's like super amazing. Quick question. Yeah. There's a poem I want to read okay. for you. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to just like Please Bogart. Do. Uh, um, I think, let me make sure I find the page, actually. I'm going to follow along. Because you got a book. I got a real book, guys. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was reading it 
you know, on my laptop, but to have the actual copy Ooh. is everything. <laughs> but it's so funny. It's 57, page 57. 57, 57. Yes, okay. so those of you who are, because some people who have the book and they're listening or reading. Oh, so I want, yes. this is It's called Misery. Okay. Okay, so it says, Misery, you betrayed me. You slayed me. I trusted you. I believed in you. I would have never done what you've done to me. Why do you relish in all my misery? Why does it take misery for you to forgive me? I was there for you, and you slapped me in my face. You took, you want me to sit there and act like everything is okay, but I can't because you're such a disgrace. You smile in my face and stab me in my back. You pretend to care while I suffer and lack. The moment I stepped out of the box that you wanted to put me in was the moment you turned on me and I realized I didn't have a true friend. When you liked me, my traits and personality were oh so cute and sweet. Now it's different. It's like a fir- it's like it's like a first time encounter every time we meet. Why do you relish in all my misery? You knew how hard it was for me to give anybody my respect and trust. And you let me give it to you, but you let it blow in the wind like sawdust. I trusted you more than I've trusted anybody else. You were supposed to be there to protect me, but you left me to hang dry and die and not even with so much as a goodbye. The crazy part about all of this is the same person who is now my betrayer was my greatest motivator. Now I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to just forgive you. But it's so hard because me and my true nature wants to just punch you. You've crushed, you caused this war between my flesh and my spirit. And I hate you every day because I feel like I'm losing and I can hear it. I hate you and I hate the fact that I hate you. But I don't know how to get over hating you. So all I can say is, I would have never done what you've done to me. Why do you relish in all my misery? <laughs> my nails weren't in the way I was and then the next quote harder. after that is a heap sea and a mighty yes thank you thank you bravo oh God, the next quote is a heap sea and a mighty few know yes that's what we talked about earlier yeah, yeah, see that's yeah. how it meant for me to say, read that wow mm-hmm. I don't know why I was supposed to read that I have nothing to say no prol- but something in my spirit told me to read that hopefully somebody watching honestly glad you read that one because that one reading it I couldn't Hearing you read it out loud is, mm-hmm. is a different feel for me reading Got it myself. You. Oh, so yeah. I'm happy that you What did you, you read take from it or did you not understand it? I didn't Honestly. quite understand it and I read it a few times, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't know if you were talking to a friend or someone that you had been with. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's a very interesting thing. The uh this actually that poem was um birth from I was in the military and um, I moved through life in a very guarded way and I put my trust in a person of a leadership authority and they basically set me up for the okie doke and 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 it's really about uh, putting your trust in somebody who really is supposed to be there in your corner and be there for you and that person really is only comfortable and happy if you are in a box and um, if you're miserable, you know, mm-hmm. or if they're happier than you. And so that's really what that was about. 
I I see that now. Mm-hmm. I get it. Wow, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Well, oh my god, this is this is great. I enjoy this. This. <laughs> this is amazing. This is therapy again. For yes, me. round what three? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh. Well, tell us where you can, where we can find your book. You can find Colorful Confessions on Amazon.com if you guys would like that, um, or DRanAnderson.com. Uh, where you can buy uh, the paperback book, which is this, or the digital copy. Yes. Yes. And the digital copy for everybody for Christmas is on sale, 50% off. We have the EPUB version for Apple Books and the Moby version for Kindle. So if you have an Apple Book or Kindle, it's 50% off, but that is $4.47 versus $8.95. Wow. And, cause I re- and the reason why I did that is because I didn't have to, but the reason why I really wanted to offer it at this price was because um, I want everybody to have an opportunity to get it and not and people who may be going through financial struggles or whatever this is really great to have or to give to somebody going into 2020 i really want as many people to get it not to make the money but just so people are prepared mentally because starting a new year is nothing to be like i'm gonna start now you have to start beforehand and go in with momentum yes love that five dollars if y'all don't go spend five dollars you need dollars. it. It'll. I mean, you read it over and over. It's. It's one of those books you just kind of keep around, keep it on your yeah. nightstand. Yeah, love it. Especially if you're going through emotions. That's the. That's like. A, sometimes I still do. Uh, some poems I do pick up from time to time if I'm feeling an emotion, like if I'm feeling like uh, alone. Because after you go through, you kind of can know what the emotion is. I'll read it, and it'll really help me. It really yes. will help me. I honestly do that. Yes, that and all the exercises too. You, you yeah. get two in one. Yes. S- yes. Where can they follow you on Instagram? Dran Anderson. So on Inst- on Twitter, I just joined Twitter back. Uh, Instagram and Facebook is Dran Anderson. That's D E E R A N Anderson or DranAnderson.com. Perfect. Yay. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so, so amazing. Oh my god! Thank you for giving me your time. I am Tyler Simone. Thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. Go get this book. You can follow me on Instagram at Miss Tyler Simone. Thank you, Dran. Yay! Thank Yay. you. Happy Thursday, everybody. Ta-da.